Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, it's Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. Welcome back. If it's Tuesday, we're here talking real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and managing partner of Barry Saywitz Properties. And if it's one thing I've learned in my 30-plus years of doing this, it's to try and make informed business decisions, try and be ahead of the curve, and surround yourself with people that can give you the best advice that you can get. And today is no different. We thought we'd bring in one of the key industry leaders uh, here in Orange County and at the heart of what is going on in the business world. And so I'm excited about today's show. Before we get going, I do want to do a shout out to the folks in Turkey and Syria who experienced the earthquake uh, last night or yesterday, their time. Terrible tragedy, and we wish them all of the best in hopes that they can find as many people as possible. So our hearts go out to them. Now, on a lighter note, I want to welcome our guest, uh, Jeffrey Ball, president and uh, CEO of the Orange County Business Journal and founder of Friendly Hills Bank in Whittier. Jeff, welcome to the show. Well, great. Thank you so much, Barry. It's a pleasure to be here. We're actually the Orange County Business Council, not the journal, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I, need, I need more coffee. I can't take credit for my friend Richard's work. But that was that's a different fine. show on a different day. We'll do, yeah, the, we'll do the business council. Yeah, have us together sometime. <laughs> so thanks for coming on. You have long history in Southern California, long history in banking and business. So uh, certainly glad you could come on the show and happy to have you share your, your thoughts and, and input with us. I want to talk, I guess, uh, first about just sort of your history in business and the banking world. You're the founder of Friendly Hills Bank. Bank in mm-hmm. Whittier and have been with the bank and continue to serve a uh, role with the bank today. How did you get involved with that originally? Yeah, so much of my banking career, Barry, was with Bank of America, and I came to them as a commercial underwriter and evolved into investment banking, and it was at the later stages of my time at Bank of America that I was actually covering community banks across the country for them. And it was a great opportunity to play part-time CEO for hundreds of banks all across the country, learn what works, more importantly, learn what doesn't work. And I recognized an opportunity in my hometown uh, where we at one point had had several community banks that had all been gobbled up through consolidation. So if you were a small business person, you really didn't have a choice. You either had to go with a large bank or bank outside the area. So we established Friendly Hills Bank to address that market. Bank continues today. We actually recently changed our name to First Pacific Bank. We have a new CEO, Nathan Raggi, who's a longtime colleague of mine in the banking industry, who uh, came in, uh, is growing the bank, expanding the bank, continuing to have that great focus on small business and relationship. And now I get to sit up as the vice chairman and watch him do all the dirty work. So, But uh, that opened me up to be able to do other things for my day job. And I'm very proud and uh, happy to be here with the Orange County Business Council. And so now that you, so we'll fast forward and, and in your new role as the business council, 
for those viewers and listeners out there, I know what it is, but for, for them, explain to everyone what is the Business Council, what is its role, and what does it serve today, and then I guess maybe more importantly, where do you want to see it go in the future? Great. Well, the Orange County Business Council is actually over 100 years old when you go back to our legacy organizations. So we formed out of the original Orange County Chamber of Commerce, as well as the Industrial League, and a couple of others. The focus of the Business Council is economic growth for Orange County. That is what we are focused on. It is the keystone of our organization. How do we continue to grow the economy that we have here? We have the second most dense county in terms of population in the state of California. Only San Francisco has more density, and we know we don't want to be like that. So we have a lot of opportunities here, but we also have a lot of challenges. And so when we think about economic growth and development for Orange County, there are three main areas that we are focused in on as challenges to that growth. One is our employee base, making sure that we have the right types of employees for our businesses to be able to hire and also address the challenges they have in retaining those employees. Second is housing, which I would argue to you is our number one crisis in Orange County right now. We do not have adequate housing supply. Uh, As much as we've had many state policy initiatives to try to address housing, we just continue to stumble over that for a variety of reasons. And then the third is infrastructure, making sure that we have the appropriate, reliable, cost-effective infrastructure that we're going to need to be able to continue to support that growth and do all of that while maintaining the quality of life that we enjoy here in Orange County. So it's, it's a big mission. Yeah, it sounds like more than an eight-hour day to me. It is definitely more than an eight-hour day, but I love it. Um, I was looking for an opportunity to take some of the skills that I had developed in banking and as starting and running a small business effectively with the bank and how we can adapt that to the focus of the need for economic development in Orange County. And you guys have a full staff that uh, Mm -hmm. deals with the various different aspects of what you've mentioned, in addition to, I'm assuming, coordinating with the various different key partners and members of the business council as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I love is the fact that we have such a broad mix of people at the table. Each of those areas, those initiatives that I just described to you, we have working committees, action committees that are involved. So if you are an investor in the council, you have the opportunity to participate in these committees. And it's really where the leaders of Orange County come together to talk about some of these issues, to address what the problems are, try to find solutions and come together. So at these committee meetings, you'll see representatives from large employers, you'll see small businesses, you'll see government officials, agencies, all different people, different backgrounds, different perspectives coming together to look at what the best solutions can be so we can continue to move this county forward. It's a really cool model, and I've enjoyed working with it. My predecessor, Lucy Dunn, was just an outstanding leader in bringing people together, and particularly in policy matters. And so we've now taken the opportunity to leverage upon that platform to really bring the focus around to economic development uh, as I described. And my guess is that the people that are involved in these committees and, and partnerships with your organization all have the same vested interest in, in terms of accomplishing and furthering the same goals because they're all interrelated. Right. When you step back and think about economic development as the keystone, that's something we can all get behind. All ends of the political spectrum, we need to grow the economy. 
If you lean more to the left, you want to see a growing economy, so you have a building tax revenue base on which to continue all these programs. And of course, if you're more to the right, then you support the fact that we need to be spurring capital and private investment that will enable the county to continue to grow. So economic development is a keystone initiative that we can all get around. Then we get into the finer details of the issues that are holding us back. Then you can arm wrestle over how to get there. But do you find that, I mean, Orange County is opposed to Los Angeles, where you have Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, sort of the keystone, and you have other areas around it. Orange County, really a conglomeration of smaller cities. Do you find that the individual cities get behind the goals and objectives that you're doing? Are are they on board with furthering Orange County? Is there still a little bit of sentiment of, hey, I want to protect my own me first kind of a thing? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the comments that I got often as I came into this job was, you know, Orange County, we really don't have that central business area. I mentioned to you that I established and built out a bank that was in LA County. It's not always so great being the tail of the dog when you have one or two massive cities that are really controlling the county politics. I actually view the fact that we have these 34 cities and their uniqueness as an advantage for Orange County. We are the sixth largest county in the nation by population. We have one of the smaller geographic areas, therefore the density issue that I described. And all of these communities being very unique, all of them working to take care of themselves, which is natural. Orange County Business Council is a place where we can really bring everybody together from the standpoint of the whole county. But I will tell you, we also work with representatives, counterpart organizations in other parts of Southern California where we can present it as a region as well. To get to the meat of your question, yeah, I think our cities do naturally focus a lot on themselves and their own development, but more and more they recognize the fact that as we grow as a region, it's going to benefit them. Yeah. And when you look at some of the massive investment that's happening in Orange County right now, there's a lot to get excited about, even if it's not happening specifically in your city. I agree. And I mean, the spillover of, look, you, you can just pick to Disney and just go, well, find Disney's in Anaheim, but right. there's spillover into many other parts of the county well, all over the place. And let's face it, Barry, you've got you know people that live in one city, work in another, live in one county, work in another county. Yeah. Most people don't know where those lines are, right? Right. Most no, people don't even know where the county line is on the 91. You don't pay attention to it. You're focused on what you need to do to get to your job. Yeah. So the kinds of companies that are involved in the business council, are they mostly larger employers and larger companies, or is it sort of a tiered thing where you have large, middle, and smaller types? So historically, it has been mostly large, but the council is evolving, and we are bringing in more and more medium and small businesses. I'm going to give you one example. There's a little company in Huntington Beach that has a very innovative electrical conductor that they build that can be used for utility wiring brand new startup company, they're a member, part of our infrastructure committee. At the same time, I have Southern California Edison. So when I talked about that mix of people at the table, I really meant it. We have large organizations, medium organizations, small organizations. We also have nonprofits. This is a place where all of these different groups can come together. But for myself, having the background that I described to you, having banked small business, having started and operated a small business, 
I get it. I understand the challenges that they have, and I see the Business Council as a way to bring a lot of the resources they need to be able to compete and be effective in today's economy. Yeah. In terms of your vision for growth of the Business Council going forward, is it to expand in many ways? Yes. Certainly, I'm sure. But from a membership standpoint, is expansion part of the program? That is actually part of the subscription in that how we intend to address some of these opportunities around economic development and continue to have a diverse group at the table and to find more opportunity where we can be helping the small and medium-sized businesses. And it's, you know, understand the complication of running a business today. Let's just talk about employment law. Employment law is so complicated. We add new laws every year. We rarely take them away. And particularly coming out of the pandemic, Barry, there is so much complex activity going on just around hiring and managing people. I have worked with thousands of small business owners, many of them entrepreneurs. I have yet to meet a single person who got into business because they wanted to be a specialist in employment law. It's just part of the cost of doing business. So imagine this organization where you can take the best of the larger employers that have the policies, the framework, that understand the issues, and bring them to a table where the small businesses can learn and develop from that all of that to make much greater efficiency here in Orange County, which is what we need. We're an expensive place to live. We're an expensive place to do business, but it's worth it. And the more resources that we can bring to the table, the more we can help these small businesses succeed so that they can grow. Business expansion is important, as is in attracting business to Orange County. And the more resources that we have available to help these business, the businesses, the more that it'll help us in recruiting them to Orange County or allowing them to expand. And we were talking about before we went on air, there really isn't a vehicle if somebody's looking to relocate their business from outside Orange County into Orange County, or if they're in Orange County looking to expand and maybe you know looking at other areas in Southern California to either retain or attract businesses to the area. I mean, we have the sunshine, we have the beach. Uh, we have expensive real estate, you know, so, so some good stuff, some bad stuff, but there's really not that vehicle. It seems like the business council in conjunction with some of the chamber of commerce uh, uh, entities really could be that vehicle going forward. And I'm glad you mentioned the local chambers because we do work with them and we're here to help them. There are a number of state programs that are available that employers can tap into. A lot of times it's just the awareness. And that's where the business council can be effective in helping our businesses, whether they're looking to expand or whether they're looking to move here, how they can tap into some of those different programs that are available at the state level that can help. We have a few things at the county level as well. We need to develop more, quite candidly, to really make Orange County a business destination. But there are a number of resources that are out there, particularly for companies, let's say, that are looking to establish a West Coast operation. These are benefits they can tap into in any California region. But we have some unique aspects here in Orange County that we'd like to present to them and make Orange County an attractive place for them to go. We're starting to see a lot of it. We have, you know, Chipotle moved their headquarters here from Colorado. Coca-Cola just recently consolidated all their West Coast operations into Irvine. So the attraction is here. Our job is to help make sure these businesses understand the benefits that are there, particularly for our small, medium-sized businesses that are looking to expand. 
we experience that in our own business on the brokerage side. When we have clients that are looking at other states or other areas around the country, they usually have a welcome wagon. So when you're looking at Kentucky, I mean, they bring the governor and the mayor and the whole town hall, and you know, they tell you how great it is. When you come here, it's almost like there's not really an organized uh, group to meet these people and, and, and there is a pitch right there, there isn't and we're working to develop that it's interesting that orange county does not have an edc other regions around us do and so that's something that we're looking to develop within the council so that we have exactly what you described so that when that business is looking at options we have something that we can present to them and we've done a great job of that in local levels within orange county we need to build something on a county-wide basis no that's i agree i'm all for, i'm all for it so let's shift gears for a second. Oh, you mentioned housing, right? So back to real estate for a little bit. There's no question that the cost of housing in Orange County is expensive by anybody's determination. It is limited by anybody's determination and then ever-changing with interest rates where they are and not sure how it goes. So you have this dynamic of people that are renting that are struggling with increased costs of rental and limited inventory. You have people that were looking at selling and then maybe now have no place to go because they can't trade up and so the market's flattened. All of those, to me, get back to affecting labor force and, and, and how the movement of labor, expansion of labor in the Orange County area overall it grows, and then that gets back to, as an employer, trying to hire people, right? Exactly. Yeah, so as I stated earlier, housing supply is our number one crisis in Orange County, and there are a number of factors that go into that. There are a number of external factors that quite simply we cannot control. And those are the macroeconomic factors that you described. The fact that we have the rising interest rates, um, what's happening with mortgage rates right now, those premiums are pretty high. So it's an interesting dynamic right now because when you look at mortgage rates, you've got three different components of that. You've got the underlying Fed funds rate, you have the treasury rate, and then you have the premium that you usually see with mortgages. Right now, the premium is very high, but from a treasury perspective, you've got the 10-year, which mortgages tend to price off of. The 10-year is below the overnight rate. We have an inverted yield curve, yeah. and that creates some interesting dynamics that I think contribute towards a lot of the trends that we're seeing relative to home buying versus rental. At the end of the day, our issue is supply, and it's supply across all ends of the spectrum. We know we have limited space to work with. I think there's going to be some creative opportunities to do development that brings in all different types of housing on property that maybe in the past had been zoned differently or viewed differently. We're seeing investments now with residential housing going on to properties that were office zoned buildings, with office retail, buildings right or shopping malls, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and those are the types of things that we need to look to do. But we have a process that we go through and quite frankly an abuse of environmental regulation that was established to really lean towards responsible development and our building community they know what they want to build they know what the market needs we need to give them the opportunity to build it and oftentimes CEQA regulation is used as an obstruction beyond what it was intended for. So one of the things we're focused on from a policy standpoint is really looking at a reform of CEQA. And it's starting to get more and more attention because programs that, for example, government entities are trying to develop all of a sudden are restricted as a result of an abuse of this regulation. So it's an important area that we need to look at uh, from a policy standpoint because it's obstructing things like construction costs and 
supply chain labor costs interest rates supply those are things that are really outside of our control in orange county but let's focus on what we can control and a lot of that is going to engage state policy. Yeah, and that's probably a whole other show. But uh, you've got maybe uh, a few, exactly. maybe a series. Uh, yeah. It could be. It very well could be, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. So, but I want to dummy it down for a second. So, for those folks out there that say, "Hey, should I buy a place now? Should I sell my place now and get something else?" I don't. Neither of us have a crystal ball or are the end all. But I guess I'll ask the simple question because I, I don't know if I know the answer either. Is does the simple dynamics of economics of supply and demand where you have still have limited supply and still have some demand although demand is less is that outweighed by the fact that you have this inverted yield curve the fact that you have interest rates that are up and while over time they're not terrible rates historically but they are terrible to what they were a year ago right. and, and and does that then affect people's mentality of what they do and so do they wait and do they sit on the sideline? Boy, there's a lot of different things there that I could pull out of that question. But I think from the standpoint of supply and demand, we're continuing to see significant demand. We're continuing to see employment growth in Orange County. I anticipate that we will continue to see strong demand in housing, and it will always warrant the need for additional supply. We can debate back and forth in terms of what type of supply and how much. We are actually in the process of updating our housing scorecard. We did one back uh, in 2019, looking at the housing market relative to the economy. We're in the process now of updating that, and we should have that report out probably by mid-year, and that would be a great time for us to come back and talk about some of those specifics. But you started your question talking about the need for employees, and those employees need to have a place to live. Yes. So, again, back to my keystone barrier of economic development. If we want to grow the economy, we need to have the right workforce, and those people need a place to live. And that means we have to do more to be able to free up the supply. And whether it's investment housing or flip housing, we need housing. And it's at all different levels of the spectrum. Yeah, no, I agree. And so then what are you hearing from the members of the Business Council in terms of their feedback as far as back to this labor issue, which is, I can tell you as a small business owner, we had people leave our firm, number one, to go work closer to their home so they didn't have to commute as much. We had people leave because they got offered more money or better perks or better Mm -hmm. opportunities, so they thought. And it is and has been a challenge in terms of not only hiring people, but hiring the right people long term. So when we think about workforce, we think about workforce from the standpoint of development, but we also think of it in terms of retention. And you've hit right on it in terms of the retention type piece of what it is that we need to do. So workforce is we need to have the right types of workers that can address where we need, where we see our economic growth happening. As I often hear from people, I don't need somebody who can design and build a machine. I need somebody who can run it and fix it. Well, those jobs don't all require a four-year degree, and those jobs can pay a reasonable amount to be able to afford, even in a place like Orange County, provided that we have the reasonable housing supply. So workforce is a dynamic issue that we're addressing from a number of different fronts. Housing is going to play a major part in that, and part of it is this whole post-pandemic change. So during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people 
provided the flexibility to work outside the office and therefore they could go to remote areas. And so people that might have been commuting in from the Inland Empire, they can now just work from the Inland Empire. So that has changed a lot of the scope of the employer equation. I'm on the board of a data technology company in the Midwest. We've always had a cost advantage because we're located right outside Wichita, Kansas. Now, as we recruit, we're recruiting all over the country. And so it's putting pressure on our wages, and we've lost. So that's the other side of the spectrum, right, of what's happening. All of it changing dynamics, all of it good for an evolving, growing economy, which we need to make sure we have to support here in Orange County. So those dynamics are going to change. Back-to-work habits are going to change depending upon the industry. I think that's more of an interesting argument as far as like office property, as we were discussing that's a good segue. Uh, before we went on air. But all of that changes as we look at the land we have available in Orange County, how it's currently zoned, how it's used, and how that needs to evolve to be able to address the housing crisis. Yeah, and I mean, and it does. It goes back. Look, if you're trying to get, as a, as a business owner, if you're trying to get your employees back to work, uh, what is the business environment that you're bringing them back to? And so do people want more private offices today because they don't want to be in an open area or you're giving them a perk of an office or for health purposes or whatever the case is? So I think, again, industry by industry, but you're still reevaluating constantly what you think those employees need and whether it's perks like putting greens or barbecue areas or work from home a couple of days it, that is an, an ever-changing and evolving i think uh, yes. issue and, and each industry and, and owner will have to sort of deal with it on their own i'm curious what what your folks are saying in terms yeah. of trying to get people back to work yeah no so we have it's a mix in terms of requiring people to come back to the office yeah. irvine company just recently put out a study that showed many of their tenants were requiring their employees to come back to work. We've gone to kind of a mixed model. When I was running the bank, I had to have people in the office because the bank had to be open for people to access. Going back to the uh, workforce, what we're hearing from many of our investors is a struggle for that mid-level employee. As I said, somebody who can run and fix the machine as opposed to design and build. One of the interesting partners we also have at the table at the council is our education community. We have our four-year universities and our community colleges, some of our trade schools. How can we all work together to make sure that we're developing the workforce we need? Yeah, no, I agree. And and they have a program at Orange Coast College. They just contacted me recently about bringing in interns for the summer. And so that's a a good uh, partnership that we have and, and participate in. So we don't have a ton of time left, but I want to touch on a couple of other things while I've got you here. Uh, In terms of 2023, uh, is there, I guess from your own perspective and also from what you're hearing from your constituents, is the economy, are we going to go into a recession? I mean, is the economy going to flatten out? Is it a soft landing? These are all things that people talk at dinner table if you're, you know, if that's your topic of conversation. I'm curious your thoughts. So it's funny. One of the things as I took over this job and reached out to a lot of our investors to understand what value they get from the council. One was they love the fact we do advocacy. Number two was they like to network. But number three was you make me smart. You give me information and help me. Uh, And we work with a lot of different partners that uh, help from a research standpoint. We do our own research and we also work with others. The short answer to your question is a soft landing. 
I think we all have to take note of the recent jobs data that came out and how that's going to pressure inflation as far as how far the Fed needs to go. And I think that's the big question that's going to define whether it's a hard landing or a soft landing and how long it's going to go. We recently had Mary Daly out at the Orange County Business Council. She wanted to release some statements publicly and she chose to do it at our venue. And the message that she had was that it's an opportune time for the Fed to look at the increases they've made and how it's impacting the economy. It's, a, it's a, like a pause and reflection type action. And I think that's part of what we saw with this last 25 basis point move. I know Powell's going to be making some comments today relative to the labor statistics that came out. But to me, I look at the dynamics of what happens here. A lot of people point to historic where an inverted yield curve always suggests a recession. But this is different. This is different because we have had an unprecedented increase in the money supply, and that still needs to play out in the market. So I think it's going to be a soft landing. I think we're still going to see some more increases, at least through the middle of the year, probably at a lower level, like what we just experienced last week. And then let's see how the economy responds. But job market, extremely important to focus on. Yes. And from a housing perspective, we always focus in on that affordability index. Many elements, as I said, outside of our control. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Those are all good points. So in terms of the business council, you guys have uh, conferences, events, and things that you put on, not only for your members, but sort of on a bigger scale where you invite folks from out in the community. Is there something coming up in the near future that you could plug and we could make folks aware of? Yeah, absolutely. And you can go onto our website, which is ocbc.org, to get all of this information. Our annual dinner is coming up on March 2nd, and that's going to be at the Disneyland Hotel. This is where we install our board for the new year. Also, we're going to be highlighting some of the major investment projects that are happening in Orange County. Uh, So that's going to be a great evening. The other thing I would ask you to take note on is a new event that we are adding. It's going to be on September 12th at the Westin in Anaheim, and it is our first annual first responders dinner. This is going to be the business community's opportunity to show its appreciation to our first responder community. Police, fire, be well, our frontline medical personnel in the ER rooms. We want to have an opportunity for the business community to recognize them and show our appreciation for what they do because public safety are key to being able to grow the economy while maintaining this high quality of life we love because we're Orange County. Yeah. No, no, no doubt, and uh, it sounds like an exciting event. I would just say for folks out there that are interested in getting more information, definitely check out the website, mm-hmm. reach out to Jeff and his staff. And as a small business owner, certainly a great opportunity for people to get entrenched into the community and, like you say, network and, and get uh, valuable information that you can take back to your business. Even if you just want to come and get smart so that you can be cool at a cocktail party, we give a lot of great information, but it is the place where everybody comes together. And we're opening it up. We want to expand the uh, council from an investor standpoint. And investment levels are very reasonable. So we'd look forward to bringing more in. Great. Well, look, we're out of time. I told you to go quick. It always does. We'll come back. Yes. I mean, we got more to talk about. We could go all day, I think. But I I do appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing your thoughts and your input and and certainly talking about the business council. It is an important group. uh, for Orange County going forward, for sure. And I'd love to have you back, and we'll talk about some other moving factors later in the year and see how, how the projections are going and what we're doing. So great. Barry, appreciate what you do. Always like the no BS. So yeah. thank you for all you do as well.
Yeah, appreciate it. So much continued success to you and the Business Council, your family, and the bank. I want to thank uh, all the folks here at OC Talk Radio, our producer, Sophia, Paul, and the whole staff here for putting the show on again every week. And for our viewers and our listeners out there, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company. And if it's Tuesday, we're talking real estate. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks again. have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center